welcome back to the Agile Podcast. And um, as you from a previous episode, we've been talking with Björta Bergsnes on the subject of um, beyond budgeting. And uh, we talked in the sort of, I guess, what the, the future would look like in that space and to, to the early beginnings with um, Björte. And so what we're going to do now is, is have a walkthrough of some of the sort of key challenges and uh, wins, shall we say, that um, Björte has experienced over his time. I, I, I feel that he's, he's not found it's the, quite the finished article and it's a continuum. Um, but welcome back, Björte. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so in the last episode, we talked about your model for moving forward, and it's obviously evolved over time um, as you've gone through various challenges, and that's bit. so it brings you up to the ambition to action. But let's go back to uh, as you were building that model out then. In terms of the decision-making that you have, and, and we talk about values here quite a bit, mm. because, you know, Understanding what a person does is, is one thing, but why that they do it is another thing. And I think sometimes that gets broad brushed over. And so, and, and again, it's it's the same with organizations is that they'll post values and their mission statement and why they exist and all this sort of stuff. And, but you can readily see that's not really, the, that's not, you know, that's just for show. It's not really how they operate. And so, but from an individual, you don't, you can't get away from that. You know, it's 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 not necessarily something you post or print or whatever. But if I reflect on your values and how that helped shape your decision making from some of the early challenges or or some of the the, the things that didn't go well for you, um, how how as a human, how adaptive did you have to be to sort of change that 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 track, if you like? Well, as we as we talked about in the previous episode, beyond budgeting is very much about changing how we think, which is the challenging part. The easy mm. part is to change what we what we do, and and that's been my journey as well. I mean, I've had mm. some painful moments where I kind of realized that what I did believe and and have practiced, I mean, was not the right thing to uh, to uh, to do and again it's been a journey that has been become uh, bigger and broader along the way uh, and as um, as we talked about it's, it's it is the kind of the people and leadership side of beyond budgeting that uh, really has uh, uh, grown here uh, as such so um, uh, i am definitely a very different person today than when i I was when I graduated from business school um, and uh, even different from when I joined business school because my initial uh, career plan was actually the armed forces in Norway. Yeah, um, yeah. I spent two years um, or one year at the military school and later practiced again as an officer for the, the year after. And I had some serious plans about a military career. But I got an overdose of command and control. So I quit the armed forces and went for business school. And maybe that was kind of the the very first step on this journey, looking back. Mm. I don't know, but that, that was at least the conscious choice about what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Mm. But again, the, the, the problem with... Um, business school uh, and management is that what you learn in business school, that is traditional management. 
Mm. It is, so. I mean, it's all the old stuff of budgeting and command control and uh, agency theory and all that stuff. Mm. And when you read those books and listen to those lectures, it all makes sense. It seems very logical Absolutely. and the kind of, well, this must be the way. And I know from practical experience of teaching myself because I do, uh, um, I lecture today at a number of uh, business schools. Mm. And um, some of this is for bachelor students without any work experience. And that is the hardest group to convince because their reference, that is again the textbooks and these professors. Yeah. Uh, it's much easier teaching um, um, executive MBA students mm. that has work experience. They get this uh, at once. But again, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's been a journey. Uh, it's, um, um, I mentioned we're painful, but, but still, I mean, the these insights once you arrive at them they are so blindingly obvious that i mean it's uh, they don't they don't leave you in much pain afterwards when you've kind yeah, of no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. so um, and and of course part of this journey is that i've been lucky enough to work with a great team of uh, fellow practic practitioners on this journey uh, there is something called a core team in, yeah. in beyond budgeting um, we are uh, six seven people kind of behind this and mm -hmm. some of these guys i've known for 30 years and uh, okay. of course we have uh, challenged each other we have discussed we have developed together and that has also been a a big mm. part of my 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 journey have, having these uh, these guys to kind of play ball with and 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 mm. uh, uh, discuss with yeah uh, uh, no uh, interesting that you say that um Bjorte, is that when you find a team like that where when you're not just um talking about beyond budgeting, talking about agile, talking about, you know, you're actually working that way. You don't have to state it. You don't have to say that we're a psychologically safe team, you know, because we allow, you know, everyone to speak and everyone to speak candidly, you know, and removing artificial harmony. But we, we, we're we developing um, um, trust amongst the team, that ability to work together, that ability to to question and challenge each other and and doing it for, you know, not for individual means um, or individual needs, but, um, you know, for the group as a whole. And mm. uh, it's nice to have, I guess, that 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 collective, if you like, um, that, um, you know, it's, um, it shares your passion as well. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and, and sees them for the future. Um, no, that's, that, that's, that's a really good thing to, to be involved in. In terms of, um, as you mentioned there, and the, the challenges, what's, what's been the biggest challenge that's really kind of knocked you for step? Well, of course, the, the, um, uh, the word that always comes up when I discuss this with executives, uh, finance people, uh, others, managers, that is, of course, the word control. Mm. And the context is the fear of losing control. Yeah. So that is the big, big issue here. Um, these executives, these finance managers uh, and others, they are generally concerned that they mm. will lose control because they think they have control today. Yeah. What they haven't understood is that most of that control is nothing but an illusion of control. Mm. And that is something that's very hard to kind of uh, accept and, 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 and give in on. Uh, but that is, in a way, one of these first steps um, mm. in creating that case for change, understanding that so much of this stuff 
is nothing but an illusion of control. Uh, of course, it might feel very comfortable to have next year described with a million details and and uh, and uh, decimals. But I mean, the only thing we know is that is that we don't know. Mm. And it, of course, it might feel very comfortable uh, that um, people act exactly as you as an executive spelled out in the budget process um, a year earlier uh, when it comes to exactly what they spend money on what they do and so on but the fact that people comply does not mean that you have control and or or or, uh, or let me put it this way um, uh, do you have control well uh, is beyond budgeting about losing controls yes there are mm. some controls that we should lose because mm. they are bad controls, yeah. just like the ones I just talked about. But there are other controls uh, that you actually get more of in Beyond Budgeting, like, for instance, transparency, which mm. can, applied in the right way, be a very effective uh, mechanism, not just for control, but, of course, also for, for, for learning. Mm. But again, I mean, you talked about challenges. Um, getting across that barrier um, can be a challenge. But, but again... Um, stuff has happened recently that has helped these discussions, and mm. of course, the, we, we can't then. Um, uh, then we need to come back to the pandemic, yeah. because we've had crises before, like the finance crisis. But mm -hmm. those crises only challenged that first assumption behind traditional management that the future is predictable and planable. Mm. But the pandemic also challenged the people one around trust. Yeah. Because through all the homework and home offices, companies were forced to trust their employees, even if they mm. didn't want. And yeah. guess what? In general, it worked. Yeah. So if there was anything good coming after the pandemic, <laughs> I think it was, uh, it was that. But that is one of the... A little cold here. Um, that was one of the... Uh, has always been one of the challenges and, and still is this control issue and the illusion of control. Mm. Um, then, of course, you have the question of these executives and, and others asking, okay, but who else is doing this? They want to know, okay, are any of our competitors doing this? Yep. And if, if the competition is not, then it's sometimes hard to get started. And this is very fascinating because mm. if this discussion was is around some kind of technology um, that these companies were about to get hold of or could get hold of mm. and being offered, um, then the question would not be uh, who else is doing this and hoping yeah. that as many others are doing this. It would be, I hope nobody else is doing this, right? Yeah, yeah so absolutely. You, I mean, so it's this schizophrenia when it comes to innovation where kind of people love technology innovation and mm. are dead scared about management innovation, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's so fascinating, yeah. So that's also an issue about, I mean, the, the um, uh, this uh, uh, paranoia around uh, who, who else is doing this. But again, things are much easier today because mm. so many companies are the, on this journey that it's, uh, for those asking for who else is doing it, well, we have a long list. Um, what has also happened is that, and this is just the last two or three years, the almost all the major consulting firms have become mm. seriously interested in beyond budgeting because their clients are asking for it. Yeah. 
and uh, they have all asked to, to, to work with us, or most of them in some form or shape. And of course, we are not naive. We know that these mm -hmm. guys, they come from different places. They have different agendas. Yeah. So we have thought long and hard, how shall we respond? Yeah. We actually ended up saying yes, mm -hmm. because we would rather help, uh, not necessarily these firms, but especially their clients yeah. succeed instead of... Um, uh, standing on the outside and watch them give uh, or these firms giving beyond budgeting a bad name because the clients are, are failing. And, and so far, our experience has actually been uh, quite good. We've met a number mm. of wise people with actually uh, very good intentions here. So let's see what mm. the future brings. But yeah. two of these firms, BCG and Bain and Company, have both done surveys among uh, customers, clients and others about mm. How how do these um, groups um, experience and 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 uh, view beyond budgeting? And the outcome of these surveys is very positive. Mm. And again, I'm mentioning this because this is what some executives need to see: that yeah. these big firms are positive about this. Yeah, it's absolutely. not my it's not my preferred lever here, mm. but if not if nothing else works, well, then I I gladly pull that one. No, absolutely, and 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 that is a common thing, isn't it? With with those traditional management practices, which kind of places a restriction on everything, and unless you tackle that, everything is going to be either hard or nigh on impossible. Any initiative or any innovation that you want to introduce is just going to feel like it's just you know stuck in the mud. Yeah. And and I was having a conversation yesterday uh, again about a, an approach. Um, that and and that was one of the key areas that that was always going to be a sticking block for any initiative. And we were talking about agile, and particularly HR agile, which is um, an agile people um, initiative itself, anyway. And so you always get asked the the question, okay, so that's fine, the the what and the why, but you know what's the how? And and as you as you mentioned there is that you know everybody's going to ask you know. What's in it for me? What's the bottom line? How much, you know, what's my return? And you cover these chapters in the book. So, you you, you know, you're almost saying, I know the question you're going to ask me because I've been asked a million times. And so then I'm going to tell you. And so you're kind of reducing the effort that, you know, particularly from a way of thinking, not just a way of doing. And so you're addressing that and saying, listen, it's not as hard as you think. You just don't give yourself the time to think about how it can how it can happen. Mm. And Absolutely. so you, you you've having faced those challenges many times, and it's the same challenge over and over. It's just different actors involved. It's um you're 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 almost poised with the the answer before the the the, the, the question, but you don't want to do that. You want to go through, and I guess this is where the consulting. Um, companies come in because they're very good at that that early um introductions i used to be a consultant for many years and those you know um starting the relationship with a client you know building up trust i mean obviously there's a there's a, a long-term you know um agenda to to, mm. to 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 have a retained um uh um, activity with the client you know it's it's good for commercials and, and all this sort of stuff but at the same time you're still using that as a trust exercise to kind of change behaviors change mindsets change um the art of the possible if you like in mm -hmm. that respect to say listen your your current way of working way of thinking 
isn't working. And as you mentioned there, you know, it's um, you're failing and you don't realize you're failing. But on yeah. that one, it is important not to criticize these guys too much. Mm. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I'm trying to do is to say what, what you have done, what you have believed in. It was a time when that was the right thing to do, but things have changed. Yes. Right? Yeah. Things have changed. Yeah. Uh, and that is why your management models need, needs to change. That's why your leadership need, needs to, to, to change. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you mentioned agile here, and and uh, that's one thing I'd like to say around agile. And this is no criticism of agile. I've been a big fan of agile since the, I mean, the days of the manifesto. I've been hanging around since mm -hmm. those days. But um, um, I think we all know that uh, scaling agile has been difficult. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a few reflections on this in my in my book, and yeah. I think that some of the reasons for the initial success of agile especially in large companies has to do with its birthplace in software development and how teams worked because yeah. agile did wonders fantastic mm -hmm. and i think what executives in these big companies observed in those pioneer agile days was um, better projects better outcomes more engaged employees and who can be against that Hey guys, I love Agile. Keep up the good work, right? Absolutely. <laughs> then Agile starts to scale. And one day it has implications for executive beliefs and behaviors. And then it isn't that fun anymore. Yeah. I think that, that's that's one reason. The, the other reason uh, is that you can't scale Agile using exactly the same labels, frameworks that again did wonders uh, yeah. in, in that area of work. Mm. I mean, for an executive not playing rugby, unfamiliar with Agile, Scrum might sound like a skin disease or Sprint might sound like running faster or mm. Slack, Slack might sound like laziness or mm. uh, continuous delivery is 24-7. Right. So, so you need a, a language that these executives can relate to. We mm. offer that language in Beyond Budgeting. They understand the words we are using. They might disagree, mm. but they understand yeah. what we are talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I think the last, but more, maybe most important reason is that Agile was originally not intended as a way to run an enterprise. Mm. So when you are scaling Agile, the holes in Agile become visible. And these mm. are the holes that Beyond Budgeting is filling. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, what we have experienced is uh, that we have been uh, called into a number of companies on agile transformation journeys. It's a label I don't like, by the way. Um, but um, they realized that there was something missing. And mm. the combination of the two, that is dynamite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that I've been talking about recently, um, Bjarte, is that just using that term agile can somewhat seem toxic to some yeah. CEOs and and you're right absolutely right going to tell them that hey the way that you're doing doing things just now is wrong it's you know it's the equivalent of saying you've got ugly children you you can't have that kind of conversation you know you, you you're right you have to say listen up until now you've been somewhat successful however um there's a different way of doing something you're and you, and you need to find I guess though that kind of softer language to break mm. that news, you know, yeah. unless, unless you're they're open to say, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You might not like it on first instance, but you know, stay with me. Um, um, there's there, there, there's an improvement to to come. There's a there's a way of working, thinking that will help you. Um, but th these are the difficult conversations that that. Mm overcome the challenge because we know that we can do something we know that we could we could use an agile tool or beyond budgeting tool but these are these are not what you know these are not the end game 
this is you as a you as a company you're sustainable you know you're you're going to continue for years to come you know you're you it's it's not it's not agile is not an end game it's not you you, you know you don't become that these are merely enablers to get you to a sustainable future and so in order to get there we want you to be as flexible and adaptable and using that, that ter term is so you're almost saying you know as, as an organization to be adaptive for the future and in that verb type text i.e doing you're to get you there you need to need use certain enablers and these enablers that we're proposing are that you know and it's um aligning to your your own values and your own journey you know these are these are merely just stepping stones to, to help you to do that just to kind yeah. of ease the burden of change or transformation mm -hmm. you know? um, and also on this topic of the uh, words and language when we discussed it i think that is important and uh you you touched upon the word agile and the we don't know whether that word and business agility will be as dominant it is in 10 years time as it is today. So, so um, when I had discussion with my publisher about kind of the subtitle of my book, um, one of the proposals was something with business agility. And actually I said, no, I want um, something that is more uh, kind of not more generic, but more uh, kind of longer lasting. So that's why the subtitle mm. is uh, it's, um, a guide to more adaptive and human organizations yes. because adaptive yeah. and human will always be with us as important uh, words um, in this important topic. Yeah, no, and absolutely. And I think we can recognize that in organizations, people are not behaving as human as as they need to. That, that's why so many pain points are experienced. I, I, you could guarantee, I'm sure the research will come out that um, during the pandemic, as people were off work, not in the office, etc., they were giving them time to to reflect on on some of the the bad behaviours or or inhuman practices that they were putting up with, and um, you know, we and, and out of that, you got people saying, "I'm not returning to work five days a week at or the office." I'm I'm and you know, in large cases, people were resigning. They you know, they'd had enough. They were reflecting on their own humanity, and and doing that survival thing of trying to protect that saying you know working hard is is not the way that that we go so for a lot of people it was almost a uh i guess an intervention into saying things are not right and if they didn't have the voice or they didn't have the wherewithal to say hey there's a different way of doing being can we can we do that they've, they've just got up and left you know so and and um, um, talking about books, I mean, this is not meant to be any kind of marketing session. I hate marketing, but uh, I, there's something I would like to share with, with the audience. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, um, uh, we have together in Beyond Budgeting just published an important book, which we have called The Viable Map. Yes. And Everybody knows um, uh, the business model canvas, Alex Osterwalder and that concept, mm -hmm. great stuff, great stuff. So far, there has not been something similar when it comes to management models. Mm. Business model and a management model, that is two different things. Mm. 
Yeah. But uh, now there is something also on the management model, and we have made, uh, call it the canvas, um, and a book um, based on the beyond budgeting principles as a way to describe a management model. Yes. So, uh, so that canvas and that book helps um, uh, teams, executive teams, uh, others, uh, first of all, to discuss what is a management model because mm. that is more fussy for many than a business model so yeah. you need to have a common understanding of what it is the mm. map can help then yeah. you can use the map to describe where are we as an organization today mm. uh, again mapping yourself against the 12 um, uh, principles in beyond budgeting six on leadership six on management processes then the outcome of that mapping might um, reveal issues so it's a kind of diagnose of well we have issues that we need to deal with and mm. last but not least it can help you to design a, a way out of this so yeah. we are very uh, kind of hopeful that this is something that can help uh, teams and organizations getting started on a beyond budgeting uh, yeah. journey so the the viable map yes uh -huh. and, and i saw that um Bjarte, and i was going to ask you that question in terms of so the approach to how you engage with um and clients in terms of a beyond budgeting solution, then you're you're using the ambition to action. Is that is that your packaged tool? And within that, has the viability map? Or am I uh, wrong in no, that? No, no, not really. Because ambition to action that is the equinor way of doing ambition to action. It okay, is not okay. the it's not the way. It's just one okay. way. Uh, it's turned okay. out to be a great way, but mm -hmm. other would say it's too it's too uh, it's too complicated. Right. Okay. It works. It works for equinor. So that okay. is the equinor model. Um, yeah. 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 And, is, and is that something that you could simplify for yourself or, or uh, well, let's not say simplify, but, but tailor it for other clients going forward. Yeah, yeah, by, by, you... all, by all means. I mean, it, mm. it's, it's, it's building stones. It's, uh, it's heavily inspired by Beyond Budgeting, but there's also a mm. component of so-called balanced scorecards into it, mm. um, which I have a very ambivalent view on because uh, in so many companies, balanced scorecards have been used to reinforce traditional command and control instead of the opposite, but done in yes. the right way. If you pull out the best yeah. parts of it, it can uh -huh. be a great way of translating strategies, communicating st uh, strategies into, into organizations all the way from, so the ambition to action is an integrated process running all the way mm. from strategy via risk, via finance mm. into human resources and, and mm. individual and, and teams. Yeah. So here you have four functions working very closely together to make uh, what they call them an integrated performance process. Not the performance management process, by the way. That's another label I I okay. actively dislike. Performance right. okay. performance yeah. management. It's it's an it's an awful label, but that's a different yes. story. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you talk quite readily about that, that in the chapter about you know um, budgets <clears throat> to performance and yeah. stuff, and how that's not a satisfactory outcome um, in that respect. So so yeah, the, and then talking about the viability map there, because you've got the 12 principles. I, I can see it. I've saw the video of how it, it's constructed, taking those 12 values, both the, the six leadership and the six management um, that you tackle. So from a leadership, it's purpose and values and transparency uh, and, and, and all, I guess, those intrinsic things um, within our organization to um, the management of the, the kind of doing things of making things happen yeah. Yeah. in that respect. And, yeah. and, and, and is, so when you have this viability map 
then is this what the way that you use it shall we say is with an organization you're almost doing a sort of baseline or a maturity assessment of where are you at in each of these these type things is that a way of using it or is that am i wrong well it's not kind of mainly meant as a kind of diagnosis tool or a maturity assessment but of course Mm. that is just one of the steps Mm. um but uh, but there is an important assessment that you have to do before you start to map your own organization against the 12 principles Mm. and that is again where do you stand what what when it comes to those um, assumptions we just talked about what is about your business environment is that mm. a stable predictable one or is it the opposite and mm. uh, when it comes to people um, where does your sympathy lie is it not theory x or theory y and that yes. has to be the starting point because yeah. your conclusions on those two has to mm. drive the design of your management model Mm. Well, if you think that you are in a stable, predictable um, and peaceful environment and that all of your employees uh, are Theory X people, well, then you should have a very traditional budget-oriented fixed management model, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, then you would have a lot of other problems. Mm. But if, you, if you're looking for coherence in your management model between your, your assessment of the environment, your assessment of employees, mm. and where you are on those 12 principles, well, that would be coherence as such, but you would have some other problems. Yeah. Yes, so, absolutely. yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I mean, th- th- this is the, uh, again, the enabler for you to um, assess this because that perception, I guess, from an, an organization will be very different to, to what they actually look like. Cause you, you're not, yeah. you're not just going to use that as an assessment with the C-suite because they'll tell you one thing. Um, you, you know, you need to get yeah, middle managers, you need to get employees, operational staff, yeah. You know, the interesting thing is to do this at several management layers mm, to get yes. through maybe kind of diverse views on, on what, mm. how, what people look at the actual situation. And mm. again, you might say that assessment is one step here. We call it describe. Uh, but this um, um, to, to discuss what a management model is, get that common mm. understanding, to diagnose the issues and also to design something better is just as important as the, that, mm. that the quality assessment stage. Yeah. And so do you have an adaptive model then how you go into an organization, Beate, and how you then, based on the responses that you get, that you then adapt and, and, and start saying, well, well, actually, you told me the problems were this, but me taking these steps means it was actually that. And as you say, you know, it might not be the enabler of we apply some agile tools or beyond budgeting tools or, or whatever. It's It's something else. You know, it could be we, we have to spend some time in consulting because we have to change the way you think. Or we look at this and say, well, actually over here, we need to change the way that you do. And and so it's it's an adaptive model. So it's because one of the things that comes out in your book is that beyond budgeting and in its essence is not about a descriptive model. It's oh. not saying this is here's budget um, um, beyond budgeting, follow this, that's your prescription, go ahead and do it. No, no, no. It's the whole ethos is that you don't want you're trying to remove some of the, I guess, the restrictions or the the constraints, if you like, and and you want the organization to be more freer in its thought and its and its way of working to to be able to to give itself almost that time to say, 
we could do things better. We could do things differently. We could tackle this in, in, in a certain way. Whereas sometimes lots of organizations head down, just get on with it. You know, blindly, blindly doing wrong after wrong after wrong. But because you're working hard, you feel like you're achieving yep. something. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely not a management recipe. And that's a, I mean, these are principles. So what this should mean in organization depends on that organization's business, culture, history. Um, and, and so once so again, um, your man, the design of your management model must again be driven by what kind of business environment are you in and what kind of organization are you and what's your, uh, where are your employees on that uh, mm. X, y, y scale, which means that um, the most important thing in your management model is coherence between what is said and what is done and also between the 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 um, uh, I mean beyond that kind of general coherence the more specific coherence between the different um, uh, where you are on the different principles because if you've got kind of real outlayers here if mm. you are talking about autonomy that you 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 are high on autonomy when when uh, when you talk about leadership but your management processes have the very different message well then mm. that's a classical example of this lack of 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 uh, uh, coherence yes and we find that i mean some people they get frustrated when they don't get the recipe mm. uh, because that's almost easier because then you can just read a book hire the consultants tick the boxes um mm. well if you want the management recipe then maybe you should go somewhere else yeah. <laughs> that, that doesn't mean yeah. that we don't have recommendations yeah. on practices. Uh, yeah. We wouldn't call it best practices because, I mean, you, you can't, I mean, that depends on the, the context, but we have recommendations given the situation. Yeah. If this is your assessment on the environment, if this is your assessment of people, well, mm. then we have recommendations what they should mean for your management model, both on the leadership side and on your yes. management processes. Uh -huh. yeah. And many of these recommendations are coming from beyond budgeting companies who have discovered great ways of activating mm. and, and making these principles into, into, into um, uh, uh, practices that we can recommend for, for certain situations. Yes. But uh -huh. again, it's not the management recipe and uh, it shouldn't be and it never will be. Yes, uh -huh. but I, again, it's an enabler. To, towards that, isn't isn't it? It's, it's not to say changing the world for the better. Absolutely fascinating, um, Bjarte, in, in that respect. And one thing I'd like to do, if if you don't mind, if we have a future episode, which I hope we will do, that if we if you're willing to walk through some of those engagements from a an adaptive approach to to that and show some of the success stories and some of the the, the not so successful stories where. You, you may have not got it right first time and had to come back and, and revisit and stuff like that. I'd, I'd be happy to hear you go through that, if you don't mind. I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, for, for now then, for the end of this episode, um, Björte Bognes, absolute pleasure to speak to you. And um, I hopefully I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.